the devil, he's fired. Some of you need to fire the devil. Some of you need to trample on snakes and scorpions and over every power of the enemy. Devil, you're fired. No, you can't have my children. You're fired. No, you can't have my health. You're fired. You're under my feet, devil. Some of you just need to fire the enemy in the name of Jesus. I want to share something with you. It's such a precious little story. Yesterday, as I was preparing for this message, I had Abigail with me, and I said, Abigail, would you pray with me? Because I want to hear the heart of God for the people for tomorrow. Because we want God to speak to them, and there's something God wants to speak to them. Would you hold my hand? Let's pray. So we, I held her hand, and we prayed for the Lord to direct me and for the Lord to give me his heart for what I'm going to prepare and speak today. As I did that, I was, I was done praying, and I start reading my Bible. And she's, on, she's right there with me. And she said, no, no. She says, I can't preach because I can't read. And I, and I said, what do you mean you can't preach because you can't read? I said, who says you need to read in order to preach? I said, baby girl, this is what you have to do. I said, your spirit man is alive. You know the word of God. And you love Jesus. So your spirit is alive. All you need to do is let the spirit of the Lord speak through you and you will preach. You will preach. Right as I said that, she starts to say this. She said, you know, she says, Nona, I noticed it was getting dark and I thought you needed a light. She goes, but Nona, you don't need the light because wait, she goes, you have the light of God. The light of God is in you because you've been faithful in God. God is your light. Faithful is God in you. And then she says, you devil, God is my light. I just wrote it down. I'm like, wait, 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 repeat that, repeat that. I wrote it all down. And the girl got on fire. Woo! The girl got on. I said, girl, you're preaching now. She said, God is in you. You got the light. The devil, you devil, God is my light. I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, baby girl, you're preaching. I said, do I have permission to give this word? And I'll make sure I credit you. She goes, yes. But you think she was done after that? Oh no, she just got started. She just barely got started. So she starts, literally starts to preach. There's a mirror there, right? The whole tall mirror. And she's standing in front of it. And I kid you not, the girl starts doing this. She's like, God is my light. And she's poking, poking, pointing. And she's, God is my light. And she's speaking and she, I mean everything. So I couldn't help myself. I grabbed my phone. I grabbed my phone and I started recording. And it was like one after another after another, like all these different recordings of this little girl preaching, of this little girl sounding. I'm like, man, she looks and sounds just like me. She's a devil. <laughs> so guess what I did? I sent a clip to Kip. And I thought we would watch just one 59 second clip of this. Because God is our light. And he, <laughs> and he 
But she says, the devil, he's fired. <laughs> what she said was the devil, he's fire, fired. And she made it more clear on the other ones. But the devil, he's fired. Some of you need to fire the devil. Some of you need to trample on snakes and scorpions and over every power of the enemy. Devil, you're fired. No, you can't have my children. You're fired. No, you can't have my health. You're fired. You're under my feet, devil. Some of you just need to fire the enemy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But the girl starts to preach. I mean, she wouldn't stop. So I'm like, one, and then I just, the next and the next. And so I just chose one short one, but it was really powerful. What, why am I telling you this? Because every single one of you have the, the presence of God on the inside of you. And when you yield to God's Holy Spirit, when you allow yourself to be led by, to be inhabited by the Spirit of the living God, you will do all the things that God's created you to do and you will lack for nothing. Nothing at all. You want to pray in the Spirit, which we all should do? Let the Holy Spirit lead you. You want to walk in the spirit? You want to see the miraculous signs and wonders? Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Don't allow doubt. Don't allow fear. Don't allow shame. Don't allow the negativities of the past to limit what God wants to do in your life. Oh my goodness. And so I'm telling you this because it should light somebody's fire tonight. It should light somebody's fire and say, wow, out of the mouths of babes, God has ordained praise. How about us? How about us? Yes. The same. The same. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 27, please. Wow. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light and he is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall you fear when the Lord is your light? That means whenever there is darkness all around, you carry the light of Christ. The Lord is your light. Say, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my light, therefore I will not walk in darkness. Amen? Amen? Jesus is the light of the world, and in him there is the light of life. In Jesus there is the light of life. Therefore in me there is the light of life. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, when, when, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army may encamp all around me, my heart shall not fear. Say, I will not fear. Though an army may encamp all around me, just like Elisha and the invisible realm, there was that invisible realm and Elisha had to go and prayed and he said, you know, his servant was seeing all the enemy army all around him, but there was an invisible army that he had not seen yet. Say, there's an invisible army, but God is opening up my eyes. So that give me vision. He's given me sight. He's given us sight. He's given us vision. And every time you come to an encounter and this type of an encounter on open heaven and places like this, you are getting vision. You are getting encountered by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're becoming consumed in his presence. You're becoming consumed in his glory. How many of you want more of that? Glory. Hallelujah. The Bible says, verse four, one thing I have desired of the Lord and that I will seek. Oh my goodness, and that I will seek. What did we do today? We were seeking him. What did we do today? We pressed in one thing, one thing, one desire, just one desire, that we would seek and that we would dwell. Seekers and dwellers in the house of the Lord. Seekers and dwellers in the house of the Lord, in his presence, in the, in the presence of God, where's the fullness of joy. 
The psalm is so powerful. It says, all the days of my life to inquire of his temple. All the days of my life. We're called to inquire in the temple of the Lord all the days of my life, our lives. You know, vision is more, more than just the ability to see people. It's much more than just the ability to see. But vision is the ability to see what is not yet visible to the natural eye, but it's actually very present in the spiritual realm. So vision is seeing beyond the natural, is seeing what God has prepared for you. Every eye will see him. Every knee will bow before him. Jesus is Lord. But God does not withhold his blessings from you that you have to wait. God does not withhold his blessings from you today for some day later on down the road. God wants every eye to be opened right now, to have powerful Christians that are so impacted by the glory of God that they can't even see, they will not go back. They will not go back to the same old lifestyle. And maybe that lifestyle wasn't too bad. It's not good enough. Good is the enemy of best. It's not good enough. Say, I want God's best. Is good not the enemy of best? God, I want God's best. Do you want God's best? I want God's best. I want the fullness of God. The light of Christ in me. I'm gonna, we're learning. God is teaching. He is teaching each and every one of you how to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. We say these things, but are we really walking in them? How to really walk in step with the Holy Spirit means you have to get out of your natural mindset and you're going to walk in the Spirit of the living God, letting Him lead. Say, I'm going to let him lead. Teach me how to lead. Teach me, Father, how, how to really be led by the Holy Spirit. Teach me. Teach me, Spirit of the living God. As you pray that, guess what? That's a prayer that he will answer. And you need to get out. You'll, you'll get out of being stuck. And you'll get into being free in Christ. Like fully, truly free in Christ. Hallelujah. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Because this is really true across the board in every area of your life. Every area of your life. Let's turn to Acts chapter 5. How many of you believe that the Bible is the same because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? How many of you believe that the Word of God does not change? It doesn't return into us void. It doesn't change. How many of you believe that when God says something, He actually plans on carrying it out according to His Word? Isaiah 55, 11. So in Acts chapter 5, there's a story here of, of Peter and the apostles they're going around and they're sharing the, the, the power of God, the love of God, and the power is being you know, released. People are getting healed and, and set free. Of course, we have this little encounter here in the beginning of chapter 5, lying to the Holy Spirit, a lying partnership that cost a couple their, whole, their lives. You guys know the story. Ananias and Sapphira, they sold a plot of land and they both came, and they both came into agreement with a lie. And of course they both lost because Satan filled their hearts and minds and deception came in and therefore they both died. Right? You know that story. Right after that, right after that, Peter says to them in verse 9, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the living God? Don't test the spirit of the living God in this way. He says, he said, he says look, the feet of those who have have buried your husband are at the door and they were carry you out as he's speaking to the wife. Immediately she fell down at his, at his feet and breathed her last. So people were seeing this. People were watching this. Look at verse 11. Great fear came upon all of the church and upon all who heard these things. Great fear came upon them. But verse 12. But throughout the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. So this, this happens. But it says many signs and wonders were happening 
throughout all the people, verse 12, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Say so there was good fruit. There was good fruit in the, in the disciples and the apostles fulfilling the will of God. There's always going to be good fruit when you fulfill the will of God. Not your own will, but the will of God. Ananias and Sapphira got into the flesh and they fulfilled their own will. These were people of God that were deceived. We need to keep our eyes focused on the spirit of the living God. Because right after this, multitudes are being added to them. People are getting saved. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. They're getting so healed that the faith level was rising. Faith level is rising in this room. Faith level is rising. When you have faith, you can move the mountain. When you have faith, you please God. Faith levels are rising in this room. And every time we gather together, there's more and more and more and more faith. And there's more and more and more healings. So look at what happened here. Verse, verse 14. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes, multitudes. Say, the multitudes are coming. The multitudes are coming. And then it says, verse 15. They brought the sick out into, it says, yeah, they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and on couches that at least, at least, the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Their faith was so high that they said, if I just at least bring some of these sick people out onto the street, yes, I may have to carry them on beds. Yes, I may have to carry them on couches. But if at least we can just get them in the vicinity of where faith is. Say faith, faith, faith is. Faith is is what's going to please God. Faith is rising. Faith is rising in me. Faith is rising in you. Faith is now. Faith is now. He says, if at least I could just bring these people into the vicinity of where, these, of where Peter is preaching, where somebody that has faith is preaching, that even, even if just the shadow of this man of God would pass them by, they would be healed. Faith is rising. Is there any power in a shadow? No. There's no power in a shadow, but there is power in faith. There is power in faith. Amen. When you believe that God has sent that man or that woman as an instrument of his vessel to glorify Christ and to heal you, then you will receive from that individual. If they could believe that a shadow would heal them, then who do you believe God has sent to bring forth his miraculous realm? Isn't that true? Hallelujah. So it says here, they laid the sick out into the streets and they laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by them might fall on some of them. And also a multitude gathered from the surrounding city to Jerusalem, bringing the sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. They were all healed. It wasn't just a few of them. It wasn't just some of them. But the shadow of a man or a woman that was filled with faith healed them all. Now, I asked you a question before I even opened up the passage in this, in this section of Scripture in Acts. And I said, is God the same? I said, is God the same? And you said, yes. I said, does God fulfill his word? Is his word the same yesterday, today, forever? You said, yes. Right? So, does God have favorites? In other words, are there people that are more favored than other people? Or is, are all God's children absolutely 100% the favorites of God? Absolutely. He wants you to know that 
His favor is upon your life. And when you know that his favor is upon your life, then you walk as a favored one, right? So God is the same, and God wants to work in your life even as he worked in Peter's life. Peter walked on water. God wants you to walk on water. He walked on water. The only time he sank was when he took his eyes off Jesus. So what about you? When you walk by, is, do you, can, can, you, can you tell? Are you, are you walking in and with the Spirit of the living God? Some of you are awake, spiritually speaking, and you know that you are. You know that you're walking and you know that the presence of God is walking with you. Some of you still need to be reminded and some of you sometimes fall asleep in this area. But I'll tell you, you just keep on coming because I'm telling you, God is awakening the sleeper. Sleeper awake. Oh, sleeper awake. God is awakening the sleeper. There's no reason why any one of you in this room should walk in darkness, should walk in confusion, should walk in less. When the power of God to heal is present. Amen. And the power of God for you to walk in the miraculous is present. To walk anointed. You're anointed by God. Amen. You're anointed. Right. Say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. By the anointed one. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So powerful. So powerful, Lord. Let's go over to Exodus 40 now. Remember, it's not just the word that's read and spoken, but it's the word that's believed that's going to change your life. It's not just the, read, the word that is read and spoken and preached. It's the word that is believed that is going to change your life. Let's look at Moses for a moment here. Exodus 40 and in 34. Because the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the place. We know that the cloud of God's glory is in this presence. Right here, right here, right now. Abby, can we not run, please? Thank you. Right here, right now, the cloud of God's glory. I want you to uh, discern that. I want you to, to, to be sensitive, the move of the Holy Spirit day by day. In verse 34, it says, And then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord is filling this place. Because the glory of the Lord is filling you. The glory of the Lord. What is the glory of God? Glory can be defined in so many different ways. But the power of God, the Shekinah glory, the heavy kabod is, is the power. It's his glory. We glorify him. We say, we glorify you, Lord. We give you praise. We elevate. We exalt your name. That's one way of using the word glory. But the word glory is an actual tangible presence that comes and falls upon the people that are so hungry for him. The glory is a tangible presence. It's the power of God. The glory of God is supernatural. It's supernatural and it'll come and it'll do for you what you didn't even know you could do for yourself because you couldn't. You needed the supernatural power of God to come and touch you, to, to change you, to transform you, to call you his own, to mark you out. Amen. Sometimes people use the word glory and they don't even stop to think of the beautiful, the powerful expression of what they're even saying. There's a whole glorious realm that God wants to open up eyes to, for you to see it, for you not just to see it, but for you to walk in, for you to walk in. How do you walk together unless they are agreed? When you see, you walk in agreement. You walk in agreement with the Holy One. And there's so much available. And we're tasting and we're seeing more and more. And we're going collectively as a group more and more. And it's just it's a desire and it's a prayer of my heart, and I believe it is also of yours, yeah. many of you. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Okay, let me let me try to get past the first verse of this section here. <laughs> try to, I promise. Okay, so verse 34, again. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord filled this room. The glory of the Lord is right here, right now, in every place of this room. Do you know that? He says he filled the room. God's glory filled the room. God's glory wants to fill your vessel. He wants to fill your vessel. Amen. Some of you think, well, she's still on the same verse. That's right, because you didn't get it the first time. And if you didn't get it the first or the second or the fourth, we're going to keep going. But fill us with your glory, God. Not just our external surroundings, but internally, God. This is something we can believe and contend for. You did it for Moses, Lord. I thank you for doing it for us. Amen. In verse 35, And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. He was not able, didn't say he didn't want to, didn't say he didn't choose to. It says he was not able, he was not able, he was not able. There are times when the tangible presence of God's glory comes so, so strongly, you are not able to get up and to move about as you normally would. You're not able, there's a heavy pressing you know, presence upon you. You're just not able. People go, well, the Holy Spirit, one of the, fruit of the Holy, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. What do you mean you're not able? You have self-control. You are able. You have self-control. Let me explain myself for a minute. First of all, yes, we do have self-control. Absolutely. But there are times the Holy Spirit comes upon you with such intensity that before you can even think to do something different, it's already done. The presence of God has already done it. He's already spoken through you. He's already ministered through you. Before you can even think with your natural mind what you should or shouldn't do, it's already done because you're that yielded to the Holy Ghost. Did you have self-control? No, you didn't even know what was happening. You didn't even know what was going to happen. God came and overtook. Literally overtook. There are times. Don't get me wrong, we have self-control. And most of the time, you can say you, you're going to choose to yield to the Spirit of the living God or you're going to choose not to, most of the times. But there are times when you go deep into the presence of God. There are times that you are not literally saying yes or no. But because before you can say yes or no, the will of God is already accomplished. The will of God is already accomplished. I'm going to give you an example of this. This happened last Saturday. And we had a visitor, first-time visitor that was, he was. And throughout worship, this visitor stood like this. Wasn't going to move. Wasn't going to enter in no matter what we did. We were lost. Didn't matter to us. We're like, hey, we're in the glory. You know, and so we were literally just in the glory of God. But I was like, I looked over a few times. I'm like, oh, God, help him. Lord, help him, help him. He's missing it. Lord, help him. It didn't stop us, but it certainly stopped him. So the whole time, just critiquing, judging, ridiculing, not at all getting involved, not at all willing, not at all wanting. I was like, is he even saved? 
Like these thoughts were going through my head. Is he saved? Maybe he's not saved. Who knows? Maybe he thinks we're lunatics because he's not even saved. Who knows? Had no idea. Um, but I start ministering. And trust me, I had no intentions of doing this. None at all. That's why this is a great example. Because as I'm ministering, the Holy Spirit comes on me in such a bold, strong very forward, they're shaking their heads, those that were here, very forward way, and all of a sudden, I mean, before I could think of doing something different, it was already done. And so I'm like, I'm like, you, you, you know? <laughs> and I said, it was the holiness of God. And speaking of Thursday morning, it was the holiness of God. That's what we encountered. It was holy, it was holy, it was holy. I mean, I was just doing this, the poor guy's just going, what in the world's my first time here? This lady is nuts. This lady is whacked, right? Now, you got to know what's going on in my head. As I'm doing this, you got to know what's going on in my head. In my head, I'm going, Lord, no. Why are we doing this? It's a first-time visitor. He doesn't even know what I, He wasn't even there, Lord. He was, I'm all like justified. I'm trying to excuse the guy. I'm going to his, I'm, you know, like trying to help him. Like, Lord, why? Why? I feel bad for him, Lord. Quickly, like that was everything that was going through my mind quickly, right? But I'm telling you, I didn't stop the Lord. I was kind of going, and the whole time I'm going, oh, Lord, help me. I can't believe I'm doing this. But I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Well, we get done with all that, and everybody starts to come up for ministry. And as they all come up, the guy's not moving. Okay. I'm thinking, well, I'm surprised he's still here. I was like... But he's still here. It's okay. So seriously, I'm like, sorry. Well, I guess I'm thinking the door's there. No one's tying you down. I kind of feel bad for you myself. I don't know what happened. So um, anyway, everyone's coming up for prayer. And all of a sudden, I see him. I'm like, he came up for prayer? I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be a major deliverance. I can already tell. I can already say, you know, we'll see what happens with this one. Whatever. We're ready. We're armed and ready. Here we go. So because you just never know. And so he comes up. You know, and I said, I said something like, you know, what, what are you here for prayer for? And, and he starts, and he says, man, he, he immediately broke down. He gave me his prayer need and what it was that he was up here for prayer. And, you know, 20 years of heartache. And, I mean, the guy just broke. And, you know, I said, you mean for 20 years? You've been holding this for 20 years? You mean you've been for 20 years? And he says, yes. And I said, oh, no more, no more. So, of course, we took authority. We prayed. The guy's sobbing. He's crying. He falls to the ground. I said, you are saved, right? And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm saved. Remember, I didn't think he was saved. And he says, I said, well, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Like, do you speak in tongues? He says, no. I said, well, are you ready? He goes, yes, but I don't know how. Okay, let's get him back up. So we get him back up, and we pray for him. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. I go, do you hear yourself? He's like, yes, you know. And I said, well, come on. I go, let's do a prophetic act. Let's walk. So we start walking up down here, you know. And, and I said, start to sing. And he goes, he goes, well, I don't have a good voice. I go, I, I just sing. I'm not going to give you the mic. Just sing. So he starts to sing, right? smile like a total, totally completely different man like the countenance was incredible right and I said to him I go man we should have done that in the beginning of service so you would have not had to miss the whole worship and he just smiled and laughed at me he's like yeah I know 
I say this example because it's, it is funny, but it really did happen. And therefore, you can also see what was going on behind my mind. I had no intention to single that poor guy out. As a matter of fact, I felt bad as I was doing it because it wasn't me. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit through me. But when you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, yeah. so here's your teachable moment. Here's what you're going to take from this, hopefully. <laughs> um, it says that when you're really yielded to the Holy Spirit, okay, you're not going to block the move of God, even when it, makes, it doesn't make any sense in your natural mind. You know, we do have a natural mind. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit, but that doesn't mean we chuck our natural mind out and we just don't ever, you know, walk in it, right? We, we have common sense, and God says, come, let us reason together, right? So we are to reason together. But when you're yielded to the Spirit of the living God and He comes upon you and you know, you're like, oh, wow, why am I saying this? Why am I doing this? But you know it's the Holy Ghost because you're used to operating in His power. Then, then what happens is the will of God can be established that individual needed that kind of a confrontation. 20 years of bondage, and in 20 years, you couldn't get up. In 20 years, no one stirred the water enough for you to come on in into the healing pools of Bethesda. In 20 years, you mean to tell me you couldn't pick your bed up and walk in 20? No, he needed the Holy Spirit to do it in this way. So are you willing to maybe step out of your natural realm and let the glory of God so fill you, so fill you with an incredible, tangible presence of God that when he asks you or does through you, because he didn't ask me, he just did it. When he does through you something that you think is kind of crazy and nuts and you, you're like, going, you're trying to get the words back in, if you could, that you would be willing to be obedient. So we have to be willing to be obedient. And so being yielded is one, being willing to be obedient is another, and being so sold out to, to the Lord that your love for him is really going to, it's, it's going to uh, be the highest and the greatest thing, no matter, no matter what, anything around you. Amen? Amen. Wow. So that was, the, that was an incredible moment. But see, I say this as Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above him and on him. He was not able so there are times that you, you can't carry on with same old, same old, you know? There are times you can press through and make yourself do it, but, you know, and, and there are times you have to. You have to get going to work. There are some, you know, things that you need, but, but there are times that you, you know, you don't have to get up so quickly. You don't have to stop reading your word. You, you don't have to stop praying, but you become so in routine. Well, it's been an hour. I better stop. You become so routine. Let, let's get rid of the routines. How about saying, Spirit of the living God, there's a table that's been set before me here today, and I don't want to just go on this automatic memory, this just rote, you know? Well, I pray for this amount of time, I read these many chapters, and then, you know, I, and I've done my devotions. How about every day show up, number one, in your quiet time, but then number two, when you show up, how about letting the Spirit of the living God direct as you do listen to Him, as you read, how long you read? How about letting the Holy Spirit direct how you pray, how long you pray, what you pray? How about letting Him rule and control and manipulate? Remember I said the other day that He is like the umpire of your heart, that the peace of God rule and reign in your heart, and the peace of God is an umpire of your heart. He's the one calling the shots. Well, at least He wants to, right? So let's let Him. If he's the umpire of our heart, let's let him call the shots. Let's let him rule. Let's let him rule. We have to let him, though, right? We let him by saying, not only am I showing up, Lord, but I'm also going to let you be God. Amen. Lord, I want you to be God in my life. I want you to be Lord in my life, in every area of my life, not just when I come to church 
and not just when I go, oh, hey, I'm out there and I should be praying for that person. You know, God highlighted somebody. How about every single day? How about when you're home and you're doing the mundane things? Cleaning up after your children, making dinner. How about when you're home and you're doing the things that God's called you to do? How do you know you're called? Because you're doing them. You're called. You're doing what you're doing day by day, the everyday things. You're called to do that. God has put you there. He had you marry that man. He had you marry that woman. He put you there. You're doing what God is. You're being kind to your spouse. That's the will of God in this very moment. Are you going to do it with your whole heart? Are you going to let God lead you? It's the will of God. We get to lead. We could let Holy Spirit lead as we do the will of God day by day, moment by moment, and stop looking for the pie in the sky, the when that happens, the when that, the big thing happens. What big thing? How about just living life, surrender to Christ, and realizing that every single smile that you give, every single cup of water that you give somebody, every time you give a word of encouragement to somebody, you are doing the big things. You're letting the glory of God fill you. You're doing the big things. These are big. God says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. People are always despising because they're judging. Well, this is small. This is small. I'm waiting for the big thing. Really? That's pride. How about being faithful where you're planted? And how about letting God water it? How about letting God direct and how about realizing that the glory of God is incredible? And as you just say, yes, Lord, would you take this simple act of faith and would you bless it? Would you do an incredible thing in and through my life? What's my desire? Lord, I just want to give you glory. I just want to praise you. I just want to do what you've called me to do and nothing less. Amen. Nothing less. Amen. It's so simple. It's like the story I started off with with my granddaughter. She, said she thought she couldn't preach because she couldn't read. That's no different than us. Well, I can't do this because I don't have that. I can't do this because I don't, I don't, I can't preach because I don't have that degree. Really, says who? Do you have the spirit of the living God in you? Let me tell you, some preachers, some of the better preachers are preachers that never went to seminary because they were taught by the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe you think you can't do a certain thing because you don't have a certain thing. Sometimes that certain thing actually cripples you into pride and inactivity. I'll repeat it. You think you need a certain thing, but sometimes that certain thing actually cripples you into pride and into inactivity. Because you've trusted in the label of man and the approval of man instead of trusting in the arm of God. When you trust in the arm of flesh, there's a curse. Look it up, Jeremiah. But when you trust in the arm of God, there's a blessing. Jer Jeremiah 17. Hallelujah. Somebody give God the glory. Simple, simple faith. Come on, this comes from a girl that cannot read the Bible yet. Amen. What is she reading? She's reading, she's hearing. Are you hearing? She's listening, right? She's absorbing. Are we absorbing the word of truth? She doesn't read. She's four. She doesn't read yet. So what are you going to do? What expectation is being risen up in you? If a four-year-old that can't read can preach, then you can do the same and even more. Don't limit yourself by our own mentalities. Thank you